Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. Today's show is a search for quality real estate news in the mainstream media. I suppose it's also a critique of the Wall Street Journal, the Financial Times, and several others. I've been reading the Wall Street Journal since I was a teenager. I know that sounds pretty weird. As a teenager, I would go to the newsstand and purchase the physical paper. Even if I was traveling in Europe as a kid, I would buy both the Financial Times and the Wall Street Journals. And the differences between the U.S. edition and the European edition of the Wall Street Journal were readily apparent. I also regularly buy the Sunday edition of the New York Times. I loved the fact that the New York Times Sunday edition was so thick it would take me an entire week to go through it. But today, much as I appreciate some of the reporting of the Wall Street Journal, I have to give them a failing grade for their real estate section. I read the Wall Street Journal for their coverage of happenings in Washington and at the Federal Reserve, but I don't take their articles merely at face value. I go to the source of the documents they're referencing. For example, I'll download the minutes of the Federal Reserve meeting or the actual text of some new legislation. At the end of the day, these reporters are human, working under tight publication deadlines, and they simply don't have the time to get everything right. I find it useful to compare their stories against my own research. Where the Wall Street Journal has a distinct edge is that they're a well-respected brand name. If a reporter from the Wall Street Journal calls a senator's office asking for a statement, they'll usually get a return phone call. But if I call a senator's office, I'm probably not going to get a call back. The Wall Street Journal has access that few others have. As the world of newsprint media has changed over the past decade, the only newspapers to truly survive and thrive have been those that have pivoted their business model to become more of a national publication. Jeff Bezos was able to take the Washington Post from a local Washington newspaper and turn it into a national newspaper by leveraging his internet platform expertise. I want there to be a strong mainstream media publication that's recognized as a leader in real estate investing, and sadly, that doesn't seem to exist. In yesterday's Wall Street Journal, for example, the top headlines in the real estate section read more like a celebrity-obsessed tabloid. It reminded me more of People magazine than anything investment-related. The top stories were number one, a Fort Myers waterfront home asking $15.95 million, down from an asking price of $25 million. Now, if it sells for that price, it's still going to set a new record for home prices in Fort Myers. Number two, Kirk Douglas sold his home for a million above asking price. Number three, Eric Schmidt, former CEO of Google, bought the late Paul Allen's home for $65 million, down from the asking price of $150 million back in 2018. And of course, Paul Allen, if you remember, was the co-founder of Microsoft. And number four, Justin Timberlake sold his New York City condo for $29 million. Folks, this is not about real estate investing. I could go on and on. The page went on to describe a home with a half million dollar home theater. What is the point of this? Is it intended to be aspirational for investors and maybe hedge fund managers? Or is it designed to play the comparison game and make the majority of readers of the Wall Street Journal feel bad for living in a modest home by comparison? I don't know which real investors are getting anything out of this. The commercial real estate section is buried as a link at the bottom of the real estate page, where they publish three articles a week on commercial real estate. The articles this week, there were only three, I'll read you the headlines. Number one, surging COVID-19 puts an end to projected return to office dates. Number two, Adidas signs a major office lease in downtown Los Angeles. And number three, underused office buildings get new life as deluxe apartments. Well, I'm sorry, folks, this, for a daily newspaper, is lame in the extreme. I've written to the editor of the real estate section asking for a larger investment in reporting on real estate, and so far, the folks at the Wall Street Journal have not yet responded. 
I went in search of more mainstream publications, hoping to find something meaningful on real estate. Forbes magazine, owned by publisher and libertarian Steve Forbes, sadly had little more to offer. Their real estate page was filled with stories of luxury properties as well. One article talked about exploring Paradise Valley, Arizona's most expensive zip code. I know several of the members of the Forbes Council on Real Estate. They have some esteemed members, but somehow access to that talent has not translated into meaningful content in the publication. The Financial Times, a UK-based financial paper, doesn't have a real estate section at all. Their reporting of economic and stock market news rivals the quality of the Wall Street Journal, but again, no commercial real estate news. Even Bloomberg doesn't cover real estate. Now, the latter isn't surprising to me because Bloomberg has its roots on Wall Street, having developed the industry's fastest trading terminals for market traders. When you consider the value of investments in real estate, dominates even the value of Wall Street. That's actually a shocking realization. And that realization is further fuel for me to continue reporting daily on what's happening in the world of real estate investing. So you think about that. Have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.